Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm a writer for The Athletic. And each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Now, three years ago, I got an email from Tyler Ankrum's team at the time, which was GMS Racing. And of course, this was 2020. We were all uh, still on lockdown. I wasn't going to many races. Uh, NASCAR didn't have uh, any media access at the time to talk to the drivers in person, but they offered a 12 questions with Tyler Ankrum over the phone. And I had never talked to the guy and thought, okay, yeah, sure. Why, why not? Uh, I never turned down anybody for 12 questions who wants to do them. And especially at the time, uh, I was very eager to, uh, to get anybody since I wasn't being able to, uh, travel to the races. Anyway, it turned out that Tyler Ankrum was fantastically interesting personality and uh, he still, to this day, when I think of some of the most interesting 12 questions I've ever done, I think back to that 2020 interview with Tyler Ankrum. Well, guess what? Uh, his race team now, Hattori Racing Enterprises, reached out recently and said, you know, his 100th truck series start is coming up at North Wilkesboro. Hard to believe Tyler Ankrum has been around that long, but he has. And they said, you know, would you like to do a, a 12 questions ahead of that? And I said, you know what? Thinking back to that interview uh, a few years ago, absolutely. So here we are with uh, another 12 questions with Tyler Ankrum. I know he's not the biggest name um, even in the truck series, but I'm telling you, he's one of the most interesting people in all of NASCAR. So let's take a listen. All right, everybody. We're here with Tyler Ankrum for another 12 questions after his smashing debut a few years ago. So uh, Tyler, the first question for this year is you have to pick one chore or obligation to do every day for a year. But if you make it doing the entire year doing this, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So what would you like to pick? Oh, Lord have mercy. See, I was subjected to weed whacking or weed eating when I was an infant. Um, <laughs> an infant? Yeah, that's what it feels like at least. <laughs> um, I'd have to go weed whacking, weed eating, honestly. I mean, just weed eating during the summer is terrible. Getting rocks in your face. And heaven forbid you forget your sunglasses. So now you're getting rocks in your eyes. Your, gra- your clothes are now green because of the grass. I have to go weed whacking for sure. Yeah, it doesn't sound pleasant whatsoever. So that's a that's a great choice. Um, can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? Oh, well. So here's the thing: we gotta break this down. 
if I'm in the car with my girlfriend and it's raining, she can't see the lines on the road. She never wears her glasses and she should. <laughs> so when she, when I'm just in the passenger seat leaving dinner, or whatever, and if she's driving and it's raining and she goes, I can't see the lines. I gra- I start grabbing things. I'm, <laughs> I'm terrified. Um, but other than that, you know, cars put me to sleep. I'll, I mean, 30 minute car ride, I'll fall asleep. Wow. So I'm pretty quiet. So, uh, I'm glad that it doesn't happen to you. Like you don't get that drowsiness when you're driving though. No, no, I don't. It is, it is funny though. Cause you know, back when we had practice or even when we had test days, you know, it's, it's a crew chief's favorite thing to do. Go, Hey man, this is going to be a five minute change. Stay in the truck. And then 45 minutes later, we're still making the change. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, it's always been super easy for me during practice or, you know, on an open test day just to fall asleep in the truck or in the car. <laughs> yeah. That sounds relaxing in a way. I mean, that seat already fits you, I guess. So yeah. yeah. What is an app on your phone that you love using and think other people should know about? Ooh. Mm. Oh, Etsy. It's really? uh, okay. I, it's a bit of a white girl thing, but it's my guilty pleasure. Um, Etsy is something that I look on Etsy for, for stuff almost every single day. Um, I'm remodeling a basement right now and I was just scrolling through Etsy and just, there's some, some guy that makes bar, like bar, like L shaped bars on Etsy for a really great price. It's like, uh, why do I, I want a bar now in my basement? Wow. So like, yeah, I mean, what kinds of stuff have you bought off there? Like, are you talking, you're talking big, bigger stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Not just like, like little crafts or something. Yeah. Uh, there's pictures, there's clothes, and there's a lot of actually really cool antiques. Um, um, NASCAR, there's a ton of NASCAR stuff, memorabilia. Um, wow. Here's one I just bought. It's 1998 Daytona 500 Dale Earnhardt shirt. Wow, okay. okay. There's a ton of stuff. Like Etsy's, a, Etsy's an awesome place. Here's a Winston Cup hat. Oh, dang, that's sick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you need to, if you're not on Etsy, you need to get on Etsy right now because there's some awesome stuff on here. Wow. It's wow. really cool. Etsy is a great app. They got awesome stuff. Here's a Rusty Walls NASCAR hat, trucker hat. Dang. That's really okay. I'm impressed. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even this didn't even occur to me, but this is this yeah. seems like a potential gold mine. It's just okay. it's a it's a bougie Craigslist. <laughs> um what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? Well, I'm 21 now, so I can say alcohol is probably the first pick. <laughs> I'm joking. Now, um, if I'm having a rough day, honestly, one of my one of my favorite things to do is just to uh, uh, find something to do. You know, the the number one rule is to be a man is don't let anybody else ruin your day, ruin it yourself. And <laughs> and and so for me, I try to just kind of get away. That's the nice thing about living on a ranch is that's very, very easy to do. There's always something to do. Um, and weed whacking will no longer be one of those things after after this year of chores. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just that's really the best way for me to get away. The best way for me to kind of just calm down and relax is actually just to go do something, um, whether that's pulling a fence or getting on a tractor weed whacking as terrible as it sounds um you know I'd, I'd much rather do that than just sit there on the couch and stew um that's how 
honestly, like a lot of, I know quite a few drivers that live in apartments. It's like, I don't know how you do that. Like, what, what do you do? All, what do you do all day? I, you're not at the race shop all day. How do you, how do you not go crazy from boredom? There's only so many video games and iRacing you can do before you just go crazy. So, uh, yeah, um, I spend a lot of time outside. I love spending time outside and, uh, I'd, I'd much rather, you know, get away and get my get my mind off things than just really just sit there and be bored okay yeah that's a great answer it's a great answer so uh for this next segment um i'm asking some i'm asking each driver a, like a dear abby style question that was submitted by readers so i had all these questions come in and i'm sort of like mixing it up each week and just sort of randomly matching a question with a driver so this person needs advice and they say My friend just finished getting his degree a few months ago, and he wants to get a job as an actuary. However, he's only sent four applications in four months and complains to our friend group every week about his current job stocking shelves at a grocery store. We're trying to drop subtle hints that he would not have these issues if he were working a job that he had the qualifications for, but he continues to mope around. How do we approach him and tell him bluntly that we are unsympathetic to his issues with the grocery store since he has made minimal efforts to improve his own situation? What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're living in a place where there's not a lot of job opportunities to become an actuary, well, then you need to move to a place that has a lot of opportunities to be an actuary. It's, it's, it's no different with being a stock car driver, you know, or anything else really. I mean, to, to put it in our terms, if you want to become a NASCAR driver, got to move to North Carolina. If you want to become a country singer, got to move to Nashville. Um, you want to be a, a movie star? Got to go to Hollywood, right? So if you live in an area where there's not a lot of opportunity for you, you got to look at moving. But then all like four applications in four months. I mean, that's it's not a lot of effort. So I mean, you really you get really got to push your friend to put more effort into his career. And, and honestly, a true friend would do that. Uh, a true friend would want you to, you know, be better, do better, improve your life, um, and get the job that you know that they're capable of having. So, yeah, it's just really just push your friend, you know, not, you know, not saying you have to do anything for them. You know, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't want to have to do anything for them anyways. Um, but you want you should want to encourage them um, to try to improve their life. Man, great answer. I, I swear for those listening, I didn't like set you up with this beforehand. You had no knowledge of this, <laughs> but you were still ready with a great answer. So, uh, OK, the next one is sort of a pop culture slash societal debate that I'm also switching up for each person. Mm. Now, I know you're a big cowboy boots guy and i'm not you know i'm pretty much ignorant to the world of cowboy boots at least like you know the etiquette right like when you can wear them are you supposed to tuck your pants into them all the stuff so what are what are some of the like if if somebody's going to wear boots what are some of like the boot etiquette things that you believe strongly about oh um see i've gotten a lot better about this as i've gotten older um because I used to, you know, I, I would, you know, buy a new pair of boots, like dress boots. Like right now I have a pair of a uh, ostrich, ostrich Tony Llamas. And, you know, as an 18 year old, if I bought a brand new pair, pair of gaiters and they were kind of like my dress boots, you know, for me, it's like, you know, dumb 17, 18 year old kids like, oh, well, I don't have time to go home. I'm out here on the ranch, you know, might as well just wear these. That's terrible etiquette. Like, go get your damn work boots, man. Like, you know, quit being lazy because that's essentially what it what it comes down to is just laziness. Um, but I'll say etiquette wise, 
for one, don't ever step on anybody else's boots. I mean, oh, okay. some of these boots, some of these boots, you can just look at them a lot of the times. No, they're like five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar pair of boots. And so that's 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 a big that's a big deal. Don't step on them. Um, to answer your question though about how to wear them, uh, the really big trend right now, and it's more I think it's more because of a, a Nashville thing. Uh, the skinny jeans and boots is a uh, is a really big deal right now. Like I got. I got my work boots on right now. Okay, they, I see. They yep. should not. They should not be skin tight around the crown of the boot. So that's that's probably the biggest thing. Find a relaxed jean. Um, if I if I go to a rodeo or a cowboy bar and I see a guy walk around with the spurs on and skinny jeans, he's just trying to be Yellowstone. So you can kind <laughs> of just write him off. So uh, that that's that's a piece of advice if you're looking to get in the cowboy boot world. Um, keep them clean too. Um, you know, you can, I, I've had a pair of boots now that I wear still almost every day, um, for seven years. And if you take care of them and, um, they have this leather cure, a leather polish, you just try to keep the moisture in the leather. They last a really, really long time, especially if they're a really well-made boot. Um, I have really, really flat feet. And I actually have plantar fasciitis in my right foot. And actually, it's one of the main reasons why I wear boots, because the crown in the boot gives me a lot of support. Hmm. I, if I wear tennis shoes for 30 minutes, my feet hurt. Wow. Um, that's one of the reasons why I wear boots at the racetrack, even though they're they're heavy and they kind of suck to walk in. I mean, I just feel better standing around in them. And so uh, with the type of boot, you know, leather sole, rubber sole. You know, mo like the Ariats, I can't wear Ariats because of the ru rubber sole. Ariats always have rubber soles. They kill my feet. Hmm. Tony Lama is the most comfortable boot for me. So you just kind of got to find the style and the and the manufacturer that you like in the field. Okay. Wow. See, I mean, whole world I'm ignorant to here. <laughs> um, so this next one's a wild card question. And, you know, like when we last spoke um, for the 12 questions in 2020, you talked a lot about, uh, your farm life. And at the time you had 15 cows. Uh, I don't know if that's the same number now. Um, but you know, you talked about like how, how busy you were and, but that you really enjoyed that and, and the balance that it, it helped keep you grounded. So, you know, almost three years later now, um, you know, how, how's the farm life going? Like, is it, have you grown? Is it, are you keeping things at the same numbers? Like, are you just as busy, more busy? You know, we've grown. Um, when we last talked, we had 40 acres. Now we have 474 or five. Wow. Um, we're, we're building, we're continuing to build our herd right now. We have 127 head. Um, Wait, sorry, you went from 15 to 127 since we last talked? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're, well, going to have about 127 right now i would say total because we're calving right now total we have probably have close to 90 so i think once once we're done we're going to be anywhere between 120 127 something like that oh and then goodness. we'll we'll sell quite a few of those buy back some heifers uh you, you see young yearling cows heifers we call them um and then we'll breed them back and continue to grow our herds that way with a cow calf operation. Um, have a couple horses. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we got a lot more equipment. I think we, when we last talked, we probably had one or two tractors. We have like six or seven now. Wow. Um, a bunch of hay and implements. Actually, it's getting ready to be our first cut, cut of hay. 
for for our haying season. This is always kind of the the first cut's always the best cut. Um, is what as much rain as we've been getting here lately. I mean, I think it's rained for the past two or three days straight and out here. Um, and the grass is growing like crazy right now, which is really, really good. Um, I want to say, trying to remember, I'm trying to remember back to that interview what we had now. <laughs> so I don't even, I don't even think we had, I don't even think we had a true sorting, sorting barn and loading chutes. I think we did everything in a corral then um i mean yeah you honestly jeff you'd have to come out and see it all i don't know if did you ever come out and see the old place no it's a legit operation we're that's actually really funny because we just did a we just did that piece with michael waltrip on fs1 and uh the first the first thing the producer said when she walked up she goes oh this isn't like clint's this is legit <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is it. I was like, and that's really, honestly, what's is really funny because people always think, you know, oh, hobby farm. It's not. It's a legit operation. We do it to make money, and uh, like, it's not. We don't have ten painting goats and ten pigs. Like, we're we're a legit operation, and so it's always very funny when people from you know our sport come to see what my life is about, and they go, oh, so the boots aren't fake. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, right, right. that's real. I'm like, yeah, it's very much real. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Talk about busy. That's, that's crazy. Um, in your career, what is the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out? This I'm going to throw it way back. I think I was 14 years old. Um, we just, I'd, or, I'd been in North Carolina for about a year or two. I started racing late models for David Gillen and Todd, when Todd was driving, driving late models, Todd had already been racing late models. I want to say for about a year or two when I, went there and my dad my dad wanted to start his own late model team so we we started a team up in i want to say ashboro or north carolina and i think kyle bush was starting his late model team and we just bought all these cars we just you know got a big trailer like pit boxes like we just my dad just invested you know a ton of money um into a into a late model program we bought one or two cars at pit box like we were going to go do it legit and i was offered to go race the second car at kbm the second late model at kbm and that was super intimidating to go do that you know we were new um like to to go to go do that it was you know super scary new like had no idea um so that 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 deal we turned down looking back i wish we we wish we would have taken that deal, but just, you know, I, coming from a family that really knows nothing about the sport, knowing who Kyle Busch is and what the team, what KBM meant as an organization really to, you know, not just, you know, the sport or late models and supers, but as a whole, the prestige of it, it was a really, really scary thing. And so uh, we ended up uh, turning that opportunity down. And then later, uh, kind of the same exact situation. We're going super late model racing and I was offered to go race this, the second super late model at KBM. Same thing, super scary, just, like just bought one or two super late models, like have all this equipment now. And because we had already invested so much money into our own program, we were kind of like, sorry, no. It was actually really funny because this was around the time when Kyle broke his leg in the car at Daytona. My mom broke her leg jumping off a brick wall 
And so they're wow. physical, they actually ended up running into one another at physical therapy. And I forget, I forget, I forget, forget how the story goes, but Kyle cracked a joke to my mom about, about something about us not taking the deal. So that was, that, that was two opportunities uh, that I wish I would probably, I wish back then we would have taken. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's uh, crazy to think how paths could have diverged and things like that, you know? Yeah. Um, what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? Single most important skill. I would say if you would have asked me this question, you know, back in 2019, I would have said patience. Um, but the way the racing's turned into, into today, um, I would say it's probably the least important skill you should have maybe in the cup series, but even still, you know, we're still only going you know, 40 laps on tires. And so, you know, from the second you put new tires on to the end of the runs, you know, it's go as hard as you can for as long as you can. So and even this year, the racing this year just feels different even from last year. Um, just even, even watching the, the cup races and the Xfinity races just, just feels so different um, from, from last year. Kind of feels like from last year to this year, obviously everybody's had an, another year with new noses and, new bodies and new rules, but everybody's just is anxious all the time on racetrack. Everyone kind of just seem everyone seems to race stressed out, even, hmm. even in the cup series. So I would say probably, probably the single most important skill to have right now in trucks, Xfinity cup, ARCA kind of across the board is being able to make really smart decisions consistently um looking at certain situations and being able to go subconsciously like i remember this if i do this i'll be wrong if i do this i'll be right um to be being able to make really really smart decisions um and you know bat a thousand if you will uh i think it's probably the most single most important skill you can have you know not not putting yourself in high risk low reward situations um, I think if you if you if you really think about you know low risk or high risk low reward, there's a lot of drivers who put themselves in those situations, and there's a lot of drivers drivers that don't. That's it's even this way in the Cup Series, or if you look at the guys that where that are you know low risk high reward tech drivers, and they don't put they don't get impatient and they they make really really smart decisions. They always run, seem to run the most consistent. Um, they don't ever seem to get themselves in tight spots because a lot, a lot of those times, you know, it's with those guys, it's a, it's a flash in the pan, and they're really, really fast when they get a win, win or two every, you know, three or four weeks in a row. You know, they'll be really, really fast. But then, you know, the more you got to work on equipment, you know, the further behind you get. So, you know, you, you really, really have to be able to mitigate and make really sound, smart decisions. Wow. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. And we don't see that definitely as often in the truck series at times. No. It feels like so. No, we don't. Uh, we don't. Uh, what life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? Never assume. Hmm. That's a, that's a lesson. That's a lesson. Actually, I, I, I learned the hard way racing quarter midgets. My dad, for the longest time, was my car owner, crew chief. You know, he he was everything. Um, 
but you know, I helped him work on the cars at the track and I forget where, where you were at. I want to say, I want to, I want to believe we were in like racing in Albuquerque, New Mexico or Tucson, somewhere around there. And I had assumed that like he, I assumed that he just bolted on the right rear because we were just, we were scraping tires and grinding tires. And so I was just kind of like, oh, I don't have to do it. And I just assumed, well, you know, push out on track and <laughs> the tire go, the tire goes flying. And my wow. dad was like, my dad looked at me and he's like, what happened? I was like, I don't know. I said, you know, I don't know what happened. And he goes, well, didn't you put it on? I said, yeah. He goes, well, did you not tighten it up? And I go, no, I assume you did. And that, that lesson, especially the fact that I had to deal, deal, you know, deal with, you know, the performance in my race, uh, that's that's a lesson I, I hang on to almost every single day is never assume. Yeah. Wow. That's great. That's really, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. So um, each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. The last one was from Ryan Truex. He didn't know it was for you specifically. He was just giving it for another driver. So um, his question is, if your life depended on it, what song could you sing 100% correctly every word? Man. Almost any George Strait song. I'm going to have to go with The Chair by George Strait. Okay. I'll have to go with The Chair by George Strait. It's a great you song. You listen to that while you're working? Yeah. Oh, I listen to country while I'm working out. People don't know how I do it, but it's it's about all I listen to, honestly. I get on I get on kick every once in a while. Um, I'm a big like like hair metal rock, like 70s, 80s, 90s fan. Uh, so actually it was fine on, on the way over here. Um, I was jamming out to some Def Leppard and some LA guns uh, for whatever reason though. Those are like my two bands right now. Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know who the next interview is going to be with, so you can either give, um, a question that any driver could answer, or when I know who it is, I can double back with you. Uh, if you want to get it like Mm. a specific one for them. See, I want to have. I want it to be a difficult question. Why don't you double back? Okay. Okay. Double back. When I know who I'll, it is, I'll. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Well, listen, man. Interesting. Once again, super fascinating to hear uh, your thoughts and everything. So I really, I really appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I've, I've been wondering why it's been three years to have it back <laughs> on. So. I know. I know. Well, it's uh, it's like. Do I, do I spread it around? Do I keep coming back to the same people? It's always the tough call, you know? Yeah. I know. I understand. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just on your leg. But you, but you delivered again, so I'll make sure it's an annual thing. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that very much. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, I appreciate thank you, it. All right. Yes, take sir. care. All right, everybody. There you have it. And I think after that, uh, since he did a uh, very interesting interview for the second time, uh, he really should be an annual stop on the 12 questions. Let me know if you agree with that but would love to have him back again next year. Anyway, hope you learned something about him uh, on that one, as we always try to do here, trying to give you some insight into who these people are in addition to uh, just their, their driving on the racetrack. And we will be back with another 12 questions next week. So we will talk to you then.